Okay, start now. Start now. No. Well, you're drinking. I'm about to drink. Five seconds ago. Well, you've got the hot take, apparently, so. Yeah, I do. Well, it's not a hot take, but we'll call it a hot take. We've got a lukewarm take. We've got a lukewarm take. I think, let me take a sip first, burn my mouth off. Dramatic effect. Oh, it's not that bad. Um, yeah, so I think, to start the video off, uh, I think Valorant <clears throat> is already a tier one esport. What do you think about that? I, I okay. How what, what's a tier one esport? So yeah, good question. So no, the reason, the, yeah, yeah, no, the reason I say that is because in terms of viewership and all that stuff, it isn't. In terms of being established for like a number of years and being a kind of stalwart of the industry, no. But in terms of you've seen how teams are just bending over backwards to get into the league. You've seen how. Teams, because they've not made it, it's literally an existential thing. Not necessarily that they're going to go out of business, although some could. Um, but it, at the very least, it will dictate what they do and the biggest decisions they make over the next like four to five years. So if not, if they've not made Valorant partnership, kind of, what's the goal? Like it feels like it was the priority of like every major org. And so if you've not got it, like you know. And so, yeah, I just think the influence it already has, the viewership, I think, will get there as storylines build and all that stuff. I think the gameplay is decent, although not perfect from, like, an observer's perspective. I think we spoke about that before. But, like, overall, yeah, man, like, obviously, yeah, it depends. That's the point of, like, that's why I said it's a hot take because it's kind of, like, you break it down and what what do you consider a tier on eSports? You're, you're, you're basing it off of vibes. Just like general investment though and like resources pushed towards that ecosystem. I just think like it's undeniable. It's like the it's the hottest thing at the moment. It's part of it. I've got a few things I'm just gonna chuck out there. I'm not necessarily expecting answers. Is part of it FOMO? Is FOMO driving it a bit? Is part of it they, they've seen how how quickly the value in the slots in the LEC and the LCS have driven. It's like four times the amount of what the initial buy-in was. That's also maybe a mechanism if they think it's going to go the other way. Number three, there's almost no reason not to go for it. Be well, did I say that right? Yeah, there's no reason not to apply for it because like it doesn't require an investment. It's mm. just you're accepted into this thing. You own a valuable slot then, which presumably will be valuable in years if Valorant does well. And valuable, you're yeah, but getting I, assisted to to run your team effectively. But I don't know how much easier. I don't know how easy it would be to sell a slot. I don't think it's the same as like the LEC, where you can just kind of sell your slot because they go through this whole process of obviously of like judging your financial sustainability as an org over the next few years. Like they did that with the LEC and that though. Yeah, but there was a buy-in and stuff, so I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I don't know for sure. I'm not an insider on the thing, but like it feels like it probably makes more sense to package and sell a slot in the LEC than it would in Valorant, because I don't know, it just feels I agree, because more... that's that's like you got skin in the game, like you're literally buying into it, whereas this is, you're selected to be a part of it. I don't know, like... Mm. Uh, like can you just is, sell is a part of it? going to be a thing where, where they stay on top of it and, and make people almost like reapply if, if they're maybe not pulling their weight and they want the... Yeah, yeah. I know they're going to grow it um, as the years goes on. So say like... I don't know, say if it goes to 12, are they going to make sure in 2024 they have um, the 14 most active um, content savvy teams and get rid of some of the ones that have maybe not been pulling the weight that was selected initially? Yeah, mm -hmm. we don't know the, the mechanics of how that works, but I would imagine there's got to be some 
some sort of thing at play there. Yeah, and I, another reason, just to use like a specific example, why I say that it's probably like a tier one thing at the minute. Um, so I have it on like really good authority that Guild didn't make Valorant because of their kind of financial instability. Let's say like the the uh, insecure nature of their uh, over the next like three to four years. Obviously, paying Beckham and stuff. So anyway, that the, not making Valorant partnership is probably pretty much guaranteed the reason why they've just renegotiated the Beckham thing. Because <clears throat> it's like, you know, we need to renegotiate now. Otherwise, like, where are we going to be in two to three I years? Mean, it'd probably have happened either way with the Valorant thing. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't know if the VCT is going to be a profitable endeavor for a lot of these orgs. Because, uh, again, like, competition is not inherently profitable. It's what you do around no. it. And at the moment, they're just reliant on, on sponsors, like, genuinely only sponsors. Because, like, if you look at their content, they get we get more views on our videos now than Guild do. By the way, now they've stopped view botting stuff. Yeah. Uh, now they've stopped paying <laughs> for, for like bots to watch. Like hundred percent genuinely. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are genuinely more popping than Guild esports. Like their merch, I'm, I'm telling you now, I mean, not many not people existent. buy it. Like, like, yeah, yeah. like some of the stuff looks okay. Like especially earlier on when they were using the the OG logo and stuff. Like the basics, that was cool. But like it's not it's not moving like hotcakes. So like, no. I, I think even if they didn't, even, well, whether they got into the Valorant pro partner program or not, like some shit had to change because fr from what I can oh, see, yeah. effectively they raised like twenty mil when when they when they IPO'd, and then they've not raised since. And like no. it's been two years now, and they've been losing five to ten million <laughs> each year, effectively. Um, you're gonna run oh, out yeah, of they... at some point, so you're either gonna have to raise again. It's hard to do that at the moment. Um, Girls are shit show, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually but, a shit show. But it's just, it's, it's a, yeah. Well, that's, that's for another video. The, the girl yeah, that, that's for another video, although I should just say, I say it's a shit show. They've just had, they've just announced like the biggest sponsorship deal in their history with Sky. So yeah. pretty cool. Props to the partnership team. That's really good. Congrats anyway. Back on there. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because if you look if you look at any um non-esports publication headline about the deal it's david beckham's guild esports raises yeah. or david beckham i i can't i did that with I mean, it was a couple of years ago or a year ago or something but i did that at esi like because i i ended up covering guild quite a lot when i was at esi mm. and yeah literally just the picture of beckham every single one <laughs> but i i think going into the I, I think player base and 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 the amount the amount of recurring players they have on like a monthly basis goes into what tier one is in my opinion. I think that's an important metric uh, because Call of Duty has like the most players of, of of like almost any game, but that doesn't convert to esports viewership yeah. and, and support at all. And I think like that that that's an indictment on the the, the competitive scene there. Perhaps how it's run by. Uh, the people that govern it, which is the, the people that are trying to make money off of it, uh, you know. So, like, I, I think that that goes into it. obviously viewerships plays a part, and the amount of teams and orgs that want to invest in it is part of it. The amount of money floating about in the scene is probably part of it. So, ecosystem wise, it's definitely it's definitely up there among the best. Like, Dota Two's held like held afloat by the international every year. If you take that out, then that doesn't really deserve to be in the conversation of like most engaging or most popular um, competitive games. You've got like League, CS, and, and then basically probably will be Valorant at this point. I think Fortnite's dropped off mm -hmm. it on other World Cup since. And, you know, so I, I think as an argument to say it's definitely a, a top five title in terms of popularity right now. 
Um, mm. If that makes it tier one, it depends on your on your criteria. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm inclined to agree that it's, it seems seemingly on the rise. And yeah, yeah, they definitely, yeah. Whatever we think about that, they definitely they seem to be doing it. They seem to be setting up this league and this esports ecosystem more effectively than they did with like League of Legends, and definitely more than Activision Blizzard have with Overwatch and COD. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it seems good. So, should we get into that a little bit? So, there's no. There's no buy-in, is there? Um, it's basically it was like an arduous process of an application for teams. There are what three major leagues uh, in terms of like top oh, yeah. level. There's APAC, Americas, and uh, yeah. Europe, Europe, Middle East, Africa. Uh, and yeah, they just seem to be so. There's so there's an annual stipend of six hundred thousand dollars. For each team, I think per year, I'm pretty sure it's an annual stipend. Um, they need a monthly, mate. The amount these logs are spending. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, any any swipe I can have. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then there's so I think teams are also eligible for, or they can be they can become eligible for um, an additional four hundred grand a month a year. Sorry if they fulfill certain deliverables set by Riot. Don't know what they are, to be honest with you. I couldn't find anything on that. I don't know if that's public yet or not. It'll definitely be X amount of views and social impressions and stuff because you how they so? pick the teams, you can you can tell somewhat that was part of the criteria. I know they've like published a rough criteria where it was like three things where probably mm-hmm. like business structure and, and funding and, and I guess financial sustainability is one of them, right? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think also willingness to invest in the ecosystem is another one. And then so. I can't remember what the third is, but you can tell with additions and, and selections like Koi, for example, and, and K-Corp and stuff, you're definitely going for like the national um, hype mm. factory kind of orgs, uh, yeah, le- yeah. even leaving out like uh, an optic gaming, which is a somewhat controversial decision, I guess. It's crazy, uh, that, isn't it? Yeah, some it's, people suggest it's, it's probably, it's because Riot have got a, a thing against optic because of what happened with Infinite and, and the LCS, like they were in and out very quickly. But you've got to think now. You, you should be judging optic based on Envy's past somewhat, um, yeah, yeah, more, more than, than optics and, and infinites, right? Because it's just optic integrated into Envy's corporate and commercial structure, as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, um, Opt- optics just been a free agent, just just roaming around the land looking for someone to just manage it for them. So, you know, also, uh, it's also were close to getting into the LCS back in the day as well. So it, it definitely does surprise mm. me that they weren't picked for many reasons. Yeah. And also, I guess with the G2 stuff, they presumably, I don't know if this was a big part of the the analysis before the G2 thing, but presumably they look at like leadership and whether or not they're toxic, whether or not the company's volatile as a result of like leadership teams. So I think TSM didn't make it either, did they? No, they didn't, no. And you have to assume Um, that's a Reggie-related thing, right? Uh, Yeah, that's Otherwise, like, they make a lot of money from the... The, the blitz that they've got right and i think as, as another app and stuff that they own as well now like the swift side of the company that's not tsm like th- that that keeps tsm afloat and allows them to spend the big bucks right as well as mm. obviously the ftx deal so yeah, yeah. i think financially yeah. you can you can make a well we don't we haven't seen their financials but you if you're a betting man you'd say they're one of the healthier teams yeah, out there 100 um yeah. and they're willing to seemingly willing to invest 
into things. I don't know. Maybe part of the pitch was like exactly how you plan to activate around Valorant and promote your players and the game and everything, right? Mm. Which yeah, the fact yeah. that that's even a metric just shows that this is marketing for the game, effectively. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and 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 it's always it going to be when a publisher is the governor or the governing body of of the um, the game. You know, the competitive ecosystem. Yeah, says it. I'm, I'm definitely convinced on that. Like. Unless, yeah. like, third-party organizers, they want to put on the best events and try and make Dosh that way. Otherwise, it is just literally, like, look, what can you do to, like, promote our game to your fans? That, that, that's essentially what it is, right? That's a, one of the main yeah. criteria, so... Publishers uh, it, are the, the, they are the governors. We call them the governors. Governor? Just, just uh, yeah, like I said, the whole process just goes to show. You know, they make this game and they implement this system which yeah granted it's like a better system than we've seen in other esports but like like i said you 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 if you think valorant is a massive part of western esports over the next five to ten years it's completely up to riot whether or not you get to participate which then dictates a lot of what you do with your all going forward so like the power of the publisher is yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy man and they obviously take an amazing amount of money from mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff like obviously publisher fees and in-game like skin sales and things like that which which i think so i wanted to talk about this actually so that would be one of the ways that they could make esports teams more like profitable and just more sustainable generally is if they shared some of that now mm-hmm. apparently they are doing in this new valorant league or valorant leagues system um so okay so there's a decent example there so there's an upcomer article that basically said that they made yeah. Upcomer oh, they've just been acquired, haven't they? Uh, the, yeah, merged with... by gamers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, mad. That could be another fucking video as well. Yeah, yeah, too right. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so they made okay. So for the Valorant Champions weapon skins, yeah, Riot made like eighteen point seven million dollars or something. Yeah, which was a fifty-fifty rev split with the participating team so the teams in total i think there was can't remember how many it might have been 15 or 12 i can't remember each team so they got they ended up getting about 600 grand each or about 560 grand each just from uh, those skin sales which is class like if you do more of that you instantly solve a lot of the problems i think because because they make obviously a shit ton on that stuff mm-hmm. um now imagine if they're in there in there for the whole competitive season, where you could go in yeah. and buy a I was gonna say optic just as an example, but an energy um gun skin or something or charm or whatever, you know. And then when it comes to a big tournament, say if it's just you want to do the big like world championship at the end, like you do a sticker type thing or like a mm. uh, a, a commemorative thing based just yeah, on yeah. that where you can buy uh, it could be done on placements or whatever, like a gold skin for the uh, the first team, a silver skin, whatever. I don't know, but like do things around the tournaments as well. Like there are so many ways that can they can get a lot more money for the teams and support. One hundred percent, yeah, yeah. So many. Be... Like, we're, we're not even scratching the surface on. on It'd really be massive. Like, you know, the RLCS has been doing team skins for a while now. That's cool, um, mm. but there's, there's so much more that that can be done there. Uh, across like basically every game like call of duty tries yeah. to do it because of public pressure and then just produces the most utter shite ever and then you never hear about the numbers mm. that are put together at all exactly i, I yeah. think like the public total actually helps because like people want to keep pushing that shit high you know what i mean like like the ti total like it's, it's motivated each year by trying to go bigger and better obviously it depends on the items they get for their money in return but as long as you make sure you're not producing utter shite 
then they're mm. going to keep running up that number. So I yeah. think that that's probably a downfall of of like the existing ones that are doing it at the moment. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think I agree could... in game items. Like it's the least you can fucking do. It feels that's like. what I mean. I feel like they earn enough money. How about just release a skin? Like you said, if it's like an NIG skin or something, it's like a dead cool design, and have that run for like the the competitive season, and give them like forty fifty percent of of revenue for that skin. That would probably give them more because why the fuck do the right need all of that? But exactly, well, yeah, exactly. But like, <laughs> I'd be like eighty percent, ninety percent, or something. You know what I mean? Because it's it's yeah. for the teams, and they're still getting a decent kickback if they sell. And, uh, do you know what I mean? If they sell 100,000 loud skins or something out, which doesn't seem out, outside the realms of possibility, yeah, too right. and they take 10% on like a $10 order each time or something, then they're still raking it in off of yeah. what's basically to them just a little side hustle, like little pocket change, and it's still looking mm. for them. Yeah, they should do that. I mean, I think, I mean, that's what I mean. So we've heard that there will be some sort of rev share with things like that. And like I said, there already has been with Valorant Champions, which was really like good numbers for the teams, but like, I don't know. Yeah, just make that more. That's like one of the easiest ways you make teams more sustainable, isn't it? Um, so they should. Yeah, they should. They should do it. They should do it. Um, there's also a stipend for travel and stuff. I think so. Like basically, right, will cover team travel and accommodation, presumably. Um, Which is basically default by now for yeah, a lot of tournament yeah. organizers and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think overall, man, I. I, I Tell me what you think. I I, I like it overall, um, though I will say, I interviewed um, Devin Nash for a piece that's coming out soon for Deserto, your old stomping ground, um, and he basically like he was saying, yeah, it seems good, but yeah, the 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 publisher still like Riot still has a bit of a stranglehold over, especially like grassroots competition and you know anything that's below that like challenger level ish um you know they're not very um i don't know they don't they don't facilitate a very healthy scene so that you know you don't get like free promotion at universities or they make it difficult to do so and like the whole play vs thing i mean we don't have to get into that but um yeah so i don't know i I think the publisher still has an unbelievable amount of control, which is like mad, but I don't know how you really overcome that in esports. It feels like it's just a pretty fundamental problem. Um, yeah, that, that's something we tackle another day. We have to like put our heads down and think about <laughs> potential solutions for that. Like it's just a, yeah. a necessary evil at this point, but um, mm. I agree, man. And obviously the, the, the salary problem where they're getting paid probably fucking 10 times what they're actually bringing back to the, to the orgs. Um, yeah. That, that's across basically most games at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be fair, like yeah, they they get paid an, an outrageous amount more than what they could ever hope to bring back to an organization. Yeah, um, and you were saying earlier there are, there are probably going to be those bidding wars again, aren't there? For because it's such a mm-hmm. prestigious thing for a team to be part of one of these top leagues, you're going to have them like out trying to outbid, and then the price just goes crazy for these players that are like yeah, really yeah. good. Like look at like Ye, who's who's obviously uh, left Optic, considered yeah. the best player in the world. Like George's uh, Geddes has reported that he's going to Cloud Nine, but like that's Cloud Nine money. Imagine you've probably got Sentinels, <laughs> Energy, like Hundred Thieves, Evil Geniuses, all vying for him. Even probably European um, organizations as well. Like that drives up his his value so much because he's like 
if there's one person you want to build a team around, seemingly it's it's him because he's the, he's the MVP right now, isn't he? He's like I guess a LeBron or something. I'm not a basketball guy, but um, <laughs> he's he's a I don't know a 2011 Ronaldo or something like, <laughs> like you want you want like the best player like it's, it's the best start. So yeah, he's like and that's gonna. Um, happen across the board realistically, but obviously a, a lower level versus him. He's an anomaly in that sense, um, mm. and and they're already getting paid stupid amounts. Like I, I was saying to you, I was speaking to somebody who works at an organisation that was going for the Valorant stuff, and they were saying um, is it's multiplying in terms of values for for salaries and stuff. It's multiplying like two to four times, probably maybe even a bit more in some cases, um, based mm, on this yeah, from yeah. The, the partner teams, you know, because they've got a bit of help affording people now, uh, at least salary-wise, not buyouts per se, but mm. uh, it's, it's a big investment. They're, the thing is, they're saving a lot of money that they would be um, spending on, like, franchise payments if they would have gone that route. So, for example, like, if you want to buy into the COD League, say it was 25 mil, you pay that over 10 years, that's 2.5 mil you're paying a year. You're saving on that with a per, quote-unquote permanent, I think, uh, or at least semi-permanent slot or long-standing mm. partnership in, in yeah. this league. Like, you, you free up a lot of dosh, but if you still want to place that level of investment in it, you're, you, I don't know, it, it seems like you know where your money is going instead of it just going into Activision Blizzard's pockets or something, you know? Mm. Even though, of course, they haven't been collecting that money for quite a while now because I don't think they can justify it because um, <laughs> there's no fucking value there. I think, like, yeah, they started yeah. letting people off because of COVID and then they've just not started getting the money back. Um but one one I thing I wanted to mention about, I guess, just the, the whole rollout of the renovated um, and renewed like Valorant tour overall is um, the attention they've seemingly paid to like the grassroots uh, amateur and semi-pro levels, at mm. least where there's a clear um, route for progression to get into these like major international leagues and compete against the people who, who have you know, all of the money and the part, the, the permanent slots and the, and the reputations, you could, you can be a relatively unknown team, I suppose. And if, if you put together a decent roster, you have the ability to work your way up like path to pro mm. almost and, and make a case for yourself that like you deserve to be uh, like in that league uh, permanently. So whether that's someone mm. buying you out or being part of a team that gets in next year on a permanent basis, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I like that. Um, we won't, we don't have to go into it at all. Um, in terms of the formats for everything, people can go look that up. But like, I just think it's mm. something that that's worth pointing out. They've got the national. Definitely. I think it's probably like what is it like sixteen national leagues or something like that. I think there's shit tons of them. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. The, the, the twenty-one challenger leagues: four in America, seven in EMEA, and ten in APAC. Oh wow! So like it's break, broken in Americas as North America, Brazil, Latin North, Latin South, for example, as Northern Europe, Southern Europe, France, uh, Germany, Austria. Switzerland, Turkey, Eastern Europe, like is it, mm. they've 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 seemingly yeah. established a lot there to kind of support That's really good. the path up to the 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 main leagues, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not no, no longer think, an afterthought, which is nice. Yeah, and Valorant seems to be trying to like make sure they keep converting casual players to the esports scene. I think they they're bringing some like in-game mode out. I think is it called Premier or something like that? It's like an in-game thing. I don't know exactly how it will work. I think it, I th- I'm pretty sure that, that, anyway, whatever it is, they're trying to set up something that can help transition, like I said, casual players to fans of the and followers of the eSport, which is cool. I feel like that's been needed for a while. I think, I don't know, teams, like, games have done that a little bit. But to be fair, the teams that have done it probably have been successful with it because League, I think the percentage of people that play League that are into the eSport, I think is 
at least last time data from like 2019 is like that's pretty high it's the same for counter-strike like the number of people that are into the esport that play the game is relatively high and both of them i'm pretty sure promote the esport in the game especially csgo when there's an event on you that's like one of the first things you see yeah um yeah <clears throat> and so, you see like yeah. the cod like uh, the esports community and uh, i guess like just casual competitive in a sense like co- like call of duty communities they beg for ranked play each and every year like and it's always an afterthought it's always like yeah we'll get it to you in january or like it'll come in march or something whether like halfway through the game's life cycle um mm. like that's one of the things they, they beg for because not only does it add a a, a different flavor to the game i suppose but it also does effectively serve as an advertisement for the the competitive efforts you know mm-hmm. so i i'm all for like discoverability in game there's so much more they can do like it's nice to see the esports shop on rocket league for example and if there's a big tournament on you'll see it there um i yeah. I, I don't think it takes too too much resource wise for for publishers to to bang it in there mm-hmm. so uh, i just hope yeah. right games uh, i'm not a big fan of the company but that they do a good job overall with Valorant and, and prove that a lot more can be done than just the, mm. the pure basics um, in getting an esports scene, you know, like fully supported yeah. on the casual level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I wanted to go back to and just mention something you said. Like, obviously, there's going to be the bidding wars, at least in the near future and for certain players. But again, I'll credit Devin Nash, who I spoke to the other day. He basically said what's going to happen because we're entering a rough period and because investors aren't going to be as willing to spend on esports what he thinks is going to happen is you're going to have these players that are demand the bidding wars aren't going to get as crazy in the next few years so like the players will be asking for this um and teams are going to go to their investors and say right we need this for this for, to pay this player and they're going to say where's the return can't do it and then they're going to go back and say sorry can't pay you and other teams are going to have the same problem and player salaries are going to come down that's probably what's going to happen or at least in like the medium term you know over the next like because i suppose the teams that have made it they'll be financially well off enough to i guess pay these salaries for a bit longer especially if there's no you know flat fee to get into the the valorant system which there isn't um right so yeah i think that's that's the case (laughs) Yeah, yeah. On on the team behalf, because yeah, like they, I don't know, they they spend a lot and don't get too much back, uh, and they don't have any yeah. other option a lot of the time because players are just accustomed to like, oh well, I need to be paid at least like five k if I'm competing in this game now. Like I need mm-hmm. that each month, and also I want a split of this revenue, and also I want ninety percent of the the prize winnings that I earn that I compete for. Um, and it's just crumbs that are going back to the organizations, you know. So, like, I, I hope there is a, a, a cost correction there across all titles. I, I, mm. Like, if if there's a good point to like the economic downturn we're in now, it may like force esports to correct itself collectively mm. as a whole yeah, and definitely. get these organizations to just kind of chill out a bit and say, look, now we can't pay that, mate. Like, so you're gonna have to meet us in the middle here. Or, mm. or on your jog and go good luck trying to find someone who's going to pay you 25k each each month and and you know agree to these ridiculous terms where in reality mm. you barely stream like you don't really promote us that much your tweets are unprofessional you're just asking if people <laughs> are up and how how telling people how honor you are and down bad you are and stuff like you know you're not representing us well you know what i mean you're not really an ambassador you know so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I i sincerely hope for that kind of course correction um mm-hmm. Uh, or to see players maybe try and earn that dosh a bit more uh, in other ways. Yeah. And it'll benefit them anyway, if they made themselves more of a brand and more active and 
you know, more not necessarily professional, but like treating it as a profession. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the stuff outside of the game, obviously, I'm not saying neglect your performance, but like that that wouldn't be a bad thing for all parties involved either. You know, mm-hmm. if like look at Tens, what he's doing, obviously, he's got great help of Prodigy, but like the, the merch drops, I think he's just released some manga or some bullshit, you know, like did his collaboration with Final Mouse, like his social media is absolutely popping, but he's still performing well in game. Like he's mm-hmm. seemingly got it on lock. So, like, he's yeah. a good example of what can happen. Like, Scump, he could have done a lot more over his time to monetize himself and, you know, like, help himself out individually. But he's he's built a, a very solid brand for himself that'll long live, uh, or sorry, outlive massively his, his playing career, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, that's a side note. But yeah, I, I hope that's a symptom <laughs> of, of everything to come. Yeah. Uh, because well, yeah, like, you said, keep going on the way it's going anyway. You know? Yeah, it'd be a silver lining, wouldn't it? Definitely. Um, could do with a couple okay. of Okay. So what what do you think of Valorant esports overall then? Like going into 2023, because that's when it will all start. Is it like February 2023? I think it is. Actually, on a personal level, uh, like I just don't care about the game. I remember it gets oh, me what? You mean as, as a player. Well, as a spectator or whatever, I don't really play games, right. especially yeah, when I yeah, play yeah. PC right. games. I think I tried it once and it was just like to me, it just seems like it's um CSGO for Overwatch fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, See, it's, it's like, it's like it's, Babby's it's a, first shooter, in a sense. It's a soft but, version of CSGO. It's an easier version of CSGO. But in a sense, but like it's obviously it's got all of the as the abilities and stuff as well, which add adds nuance to it 100%. And maybe it definitely makes it harder to follow and maybe even harder to master, in a sense. Like CSGO seems to be all about fundamentals and then strategy on top, whereas you have to understand all the different drafting element that goes into it and, and what kind of role you play uh, in, in Valorant. Yeah. Making sure, oh, I need to... I need to have this smoke lineup. You know what I mean? There are similarities, of course, but like, I feel like it's, it's CSGO for like anime fans and absolute dweebs and, and incels almost. Um, just being honest, that that's how I feel. So like, just on a personal basis, I don't really care to watch it too much. I watched the Optic and Loud finals because like, it was basically the world championship. I wanted to see mm-hmm. what was going on there. And you can kind of yeah. get into it at that level. But what I will say is, there's seemingly a lot more people that do like the style they've brought to it, like the whole anime thing and people falling in love with characters and like creating fun out of fucking Viper's feet or whatever they do over <laughs> there in Valorant and Overwatch land. You know, like as like they've they've mastered that whole. I like I don't know how to put it, but like the, the I guess like the anime internet culture stuff, yeah. just like they have in they've League, got, where yeah. they're really invested in in the characters that they're playing and the storylines and and stuff mm-hmm. around that. Yeah. Which fair play, like I don't like it, but a lot of people do. So like, yeah, it's fact, I'm sure right. that works in their favor because that's you know? the crossover with like the anime cartoony stuff and mm-hmm. like esports. That that feels very core to esports generally, doesn't it? Like yeah. in the West and in Asia, <laughs> like that sort of. Um, aesthetic is just very appealing to a lot of esports yeah. fans. There's a lot of crossover, so yeah, it's they've kind of nailed that. And the fans uh, care if like the publishers and developers behind the characters make them gay or non-binary or whatever. They really care about that stuff. Whereas I care mm-hmm. about like, are they good? You know what I mean? So yeah. like, it's just a different demographic of people. We're just fundamentally different people. I'm not looking for like if they're a top or bottom in the characters I play as. I just care about like. Are they good enough to kill people? What are their abilities? You know, like it's just <laughs> fundamentally different. But I, that adds something to it. Like you can see, there's been a Netflix show what, uh, when they expand the arcade uni- uh, universe and and keep killing it over there. But you asked about Valorant esports, so I should say that instead of talking about Netflix anime shows. <laughs> um, 
So again, like game fundamentally, I don't care about observing. I, I still think I don't know. What's, there's more education that needs to be done, I think, just to make it easier for new viewers. Uh, unless you expect new viewers to only really be players that are converted into watching it, because it's so much harder to know exactly what's what, and you don't expect like in in a grand final of the world championship they're breaking down the abilities of a character and saying, oh well, if you press Q, then this can happen. Like I understand that, but I think there needs to be a, a solution there, whether it's another stream or something like an induction stream. Um, yeah, just, yeah. just to make that pipeline and transition easier, or that, that yeah. like loading on to understanding it. And um, but again, I think the format is good. I, I think the path to pro seemingly is there. We have to see how well it's run and, and if the teams are supported and um, if it's third party operators like Freaks for You or something like running these leagues with third um, white label for Riot and stuff. Like execution wise, I guess we're, we're yet to see how that is. But mm. in theory, I like the look of it. Um, I, I like the fact they're not charging out the ras for like these slots. We'll have to see how that goes as well. Um, mm. What happens if there's a team that doesn't really invest, even though they've committed to investing? Just say hypothetical, say evil geniuses, say they put in a tenth of the effort that they said they were going to do because they were just blowing smoke up the ass to get a slot. Like, will they get kicked out? How long will it take? Is going to be warnings? Is going to be transparent around mm. that whole process? Like, I think there's questions yeah. to, to be Points. answered there. Yeah. You know. Um, in, t- in terms of just how well it's run and if competitive integrity and you know like the best for the ecosystem is really in mind or if it's just uh, an entertainment product mm. um, but look like teams and uh, orgs are really want to get involved in it so they're doing something right on that front um, yeah. not having the astro- astronomical buyout is sick for them fair play yeah uh, so I- I'm I don't know I-, I don't think it's going anywhere I, I don't know if it'll like I, I can see it staying in second, third slot with like CSGO in terms of popularity mm. and stuff uh, for the long term. I think, yeah, definitely. At least in the West, of course. But. Yeah, yeah. I think they've learned a lot from the franchise leagues that exist. Their own, obviously, with League of Legends, but also especially with Activision Blizzard and the shit show that is Overwatch and COD, to be fair. COD's very, very, like, it's just underwhelming, isn't it? It's got a passionate... It's got a passionate community of about 0.1% of total COD players. Yeah. It's like the, the, the people that watch COD give a fuck about it. Like, they really do. Like I have friends that aren't really into esports that love pro COD. I absolutely love it. Right. I, I like pro COD a lot as well. And I, that's probably been one of my favorite ones for years. And, like, but it's just you step out of that little bubble and it still only gets, like, on a good day, it'll get, like, 50,000 concurrent. And, like, a final, it'll get 100 and odd thousand. Yeah. If Optic play, it'll get hundred percent on to the normal viewership if Optic play, and that's it, which is still fucking outrageous that that's the play, that that's the case. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, so yeah, the Optic so. branding card in it, but yeah, um, the Valorant of Riot have learned a lot, and I think they seem to be doing a lot right, but they just they'll be earning the vast majority of the money in this whole thing. Obviously, the publishers, like I say, is the is the, is the governor. Yeah. So what can they do to like just share a little bit of that? Come up with some sort of initiative, release a skin and give them seventy percent of it. Like come up with something to give the teams more. Like the amount they're earning, that's a behemoth of a company. Mm-hmm. They could easily make the esport like top tier and give the orgs just like breathing room, so they don't have to hear dickheads like us talk about how unprofitable they are. You know, like just. Yeah, they could do they could do a bit more. I feel like, mm-hmm. and hopefully that's the way they're going. We'll see. Yeah, well, I just as an aside, or like 
is to, to pick it up off of the last episode just quickly. I saw Monty tweet about it the other day, Monty Cristo. It was actually the COO of Riot that went around farting on people, and he's still the COO now. Yes. Yeah, that's what that's one of the things I was gonna say is it's pretty mad that like G2 and TSM's like, no, we don't deal with them, and then like they've failed to deal with like people in the company. They're still run by the people that like basically have um fostered and developed this uh, I'm not I don't know, like awful environment for a lot of women and yeah. I, I guess yeah. more marginalized people as well. Like, but they're like, nah, fam, you need to get out of here. But I think like rumors are that like Carlos, the decision against Carlos and G two was also because of like poaching stuff. Um, there's been accusations right. of that in the past, even though I think it was ruled that he didn't poach. And also like how there was a clause in G 2s contract, I'm pretty sure, with perks, basically saying you can't go to Fnatic. And then G two also worked with Cloud Nine when Cloud Nine were getting rid of perks to say you can't let him go to Fnatic or like there was some agreement there as well. So I think there's some little bits and bobs where this is actually like the third strike type thing for for Carlos on G2. Um, mm, you know, which I, I, in a sense, part of me thinks like, yeah, you're hypocritical bastards because like you're run by people who were absolute cunts to women where Carlos was just pictured with someone who says not very nice things about women sometimes. Um, as that, but also it's kind of like, yeah, you need to stick up to people and, and ensure that um, you know, like the ecosystem you're building is, is I guess, as good as it can be, and, and we're setting examples where necessary. Um, mm. Now, if only they were vocal about why um, certain things happened around G2, I suppose, because um, yeah. it's all just come out through reports, and you have to kind of believe in them, which uh, I'm 80% happy to do um, when it comes mm. from people like George. Uh, yeah, when it comes I, to people I, like I still George, think yeah. there's going to be a little bit of color miss there. Because it seems like a highly nuanced situation, and it's very much like back office of riot stuff. And back office of G two was only so much that's going to get through to a singular reporter. I feel, but mm. regardless, I want to see them enforcing stuff still. But the transparency is big for me. I don't want to see a team kicked out, and we're not told why because it's confidential. Like set an example and let yeah, us know what's what. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I think that's really that. important. So yeah. I guess overall, I'm I, I, uh, quite bullish on Valorant Esports. I don't care about it myself, but just as it is. Um, Adam is even a little bit positive. That's good. This no, is good. Fine. That proves that Valorant's doing well. It, but like, I would love for it to succeed versus not. I would love to write about Esports teams making a profit instead of losing money. You know what yeah, I mean? Me too, just, man. Like, that's, that's, so people in... think I, I get off on it or like I even manufacture headlines. It's like, nah, fam, I would love to just be saying everyone's killing it right now. Yeah, that's, what, that's one of the things I wanted to say like to to wrap up my opinion on it is it's in the publisher's hands to make the entire industry more sustainable for teams like teams are not in a good place and like they're gonna have to do all sorts of stuff just to stay right so it's in the publisher's hands if they want to like foster a really like really healthy esports scene that could go to the next level imagine if they like how much bigger Valorant could be if they do everything they could to make it bigger and to support the teams yeah, and yeah. to boot the shit teams out and like no we'll replace you with a better one because you're not you're not pulling your weight kind of thing. Yeah. Um it's exciting the thought of that. So I, I don't know, I'd I'd like it's in the publisher's hands and I would like them to just do everything they could to to get it to that because you don't know how big it could be. Like it could be fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, some people will say it's not the responsibility of the publishers, but I'm like, well, if they that want to, if they of... want to control their entire scene and be, and and be God effectively for the for this, then it's in their best interest to help out these orgs to make sure it's doable for them to be as competitive as possible and create the best content as possible around it all, and and to really promote your fucking game. 
You know, like it is because that's mm-hmm. effectively what they're doing, right? Uh, so yeah. it's hundred percent in their best interest to do so. And again, if 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 they want to make the whole ecosystem of Valorant esports their responsibility, then then the, the teams that are competing in their leagues that have been selected by them definitely falls within their kind of um, responsibility. I think mm-hmm. I feel at least for sure. I agree. So fuck I off agree. if you don't agree. Yeah, so piss off if you don't agree with Cyber Athletics Legends. The, the GB podcast. News of esports. The GB News of esports. The best <laughs> podcast around. I think. I think we actually come with the fire every every week. Part of me think if if I if I researched about fifty percent more, I'd be sick. But I yeah, just. But you're, but you're the only one that does research. I need to start pulling my weight. <laughs> I mean, I do. barely. I barely do. Hope, mate. I like ten minutes before we record. I'm like, oh shit, I need to read. <laughs> and then I seem somewhat informed, but like it, it's just it's half winging it. I, I I could be yeah. more prepared and come with straight facts, and I guess like more predetermined opinions instead of just doing it on the fly, uh, which is something I will work on, everyone. But only if you subscribe. So only uh, if you subscribe and <laughs> grind <laughs> against the like button. Yeah. Right, yo, I think that's us done. I think that's good. Another episode. Peace. Uh, see you on the next one.